Let's talk about the protests that are going on right now and the incontrovertible fact that black lives matter. We do not want to circumvent the situation by thinking this isn't about us or that this is a show only for video game news, commentary, and funny stuff and staying silent. Pervasive systemic injustice, especially rooted in racism and infrastructural power dynamics, isn't going to just go away. It's a problem we must solve together. We stand with those calling for justice for victims like George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and their families. And we stand with those making it undeniably clear that things need to change. We took our Monday What's Good Games live show off this week um, and instead encouraged you to listen to the discussion, A Lesson in Blackness, led by our friend Khalif Adams, who is a founder of the Spawn on Me podcast. Uh, We hope that you did that and that it impacted you. What's Good Games has always been a community of support and kindness, and members of our community are in pain. To our black friends, family, and fans, we're here however we can be. If you want to reach out to us, you can email us at contact at whatsgoodgames.com and we're happy to listen. In our nerdy corner of the internet, we encourage you to go out of your normal sphere of influence to listen to, watch, and support black creators. Please remember that it is not their job to educate you, give you a list of things to do to make it better, or explain this pain to you. If your reaction to any part of this is to get defensive or upset, or that we should just stick to video games. We encourage you to take a beat to process and figure out where those feelings are coming from. We ask that you be respectful, and instead of reacting, focus on listening. Looking for ways to help? You can donate, you can march, educate yourself, and of course, vote. The system cannot reform itself, so we need to make the world inhospitable to racism. everybody and welcome to another episode of the what's good games podcast your source for video game news commentary analysis and funny stuff every friday i'm andrea renee joined by miss christine steimer hello miss Brittany brombacher hello and miss rihanna manuel what up welcome back to the show ladies i would say how are you doing how's everybody going this week but i think i know the answer (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's going it's It's been a week time moves forward it does and hopefully time moving forward means things are getting better i'm excited to see that there has been some movement in indictments brought against officers in George Floyd's case and that they have reopened Breonna Taylor's case. That's very exciting and good and very overdue news. And I hope that people are 
continuing to stay involved in their local and state governments because that is the quickest way to see the change in your personal community instead of lobbying stuff at the White House, which, I mean, I'm not going to blame you for either. (laughs) They're just as guilty. But the local governments are really where you're going to see the change at the police level. And I think that's, you know, kind of where people are focusing their activism right now. So we want to run the show a little bit different today. We obviously started the show with the statement that we posted on Monday when we decided to not do What's Good Games Live, because it's important if you didn't see our message on social media that you heard it here on the show. We want to still talk about video games, so don't think that this is all going to be very serious, but we do need to take a moment to be serious. So we're going to spend the first part of the show having a discussion led by Rihanna. And then in the second half of the show, we'll talk about the news of the week and what games we've been playing like we always do. But before we get to that discussion with Rhi, we do have a couple of announcements. In case you missed the memo, it's Pride Month. We're very excited to celebrate with our friends in the LGBTQ plus community. We have been letting you guys know that we have a new Pride design in the store. Of course, all of our Pride designs, the profits go to GLAD, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, who's doing work in the world of video games to help make sure those voices are heard. I'm wearing one of our Pride designs from last year. And we have tons of new styles that you guys can check out. So if you haven't been to whatsgoodgames.com slash store to check out those pride designs, we encourage you to do so. Is my is my pillow in the shot? Can you see can it? You see your oh, yeah. The um, Let me get the uh, the close-up here of Ree's purple pride pillow. Yes. I love it. Yes. Oh, it looks so good. Those I, colors are so bright. Does it look like I'm looking at it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You're <laughs> absolutely <laughs> nailing the framing. <laughs> oh. Those colors are so bright and vibrant. The purple looks really good, too. Yeah, I love it. I have one on order. It's in in the process of being shipped. And just a quick update on the video or Defenders of the Video Game City pins that we were selling during the anniversary stream. After several hurdles, I have received part of my shipping supplies to get those out to you and hope that in the next couple of days, the remainder of the items that I need to get those all properly packaged and labeled will have arrived. As most people know, we're in the middle of a pandemic still and in the United States on top of the protests and the curfews that are happening in major cities that's dramatically affected shipping across the country. So thank you in advance for your patience. Don't worry. You will get your pins. I promise you. I want to say thank you to this month's Patreon producers, Chewie's Godson, Alex Rogopoulos, Ferris Ate, Mohammed, Mohammed, Marcus Brown, Punctified, and Male Bittner. And welcome to our Patreon community, Michael Emerson, Mark Smith, Stephanie Sizemore, Jeffers Hale, Adam Sexton, Richie Flick, and Josie Grace. And Brittany, we've got some new podcast reviewers. We do. We have Chris Tofro. I think I said that correct. And Braz Fannin. And then Santana Alwiz, who says, Dope podcast, wish it was longer, and had a current event slash news segment. I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Wish it was like, longer. Well. No, that's the first be time anyone's... what you wish for. Santana Alwiz. Yeah, no one's ever requested a longer podcast, but hey, we'll take it. Thank you. Anywhere ever. Yeah, no. And then we have a four-star review from Man, who just says... Q, Q. Q, Q, indeed. So, hey, you know what? I'll take it. You know what? I'll Fine. take the, I mean, I really don't want your four star review, but at least you weren't an asshole. So, there we go. I mean, Q, Q to me is crying. Yeah. Oh, is it? But I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know what the meant. You're me- crying I don't know about the- giving us a four star review, or you're just sad in general in life. Mysterious, so, you know, mysterious comment of the week comes from Bertitzman. Q, yes. Q. Indeed. 
And on that note, <laughs> let's get into our first segment of the week. Rihanna, over to you. Yeah, so um, uh, some people might have caught me on Inside Gaming earlier this week uh, where I made a statement about uh, the state of things in reference to the murder of George Floyd and um, constant examples of injustice at the hands of police for the black and brown community. And currently, lots of rioting, curfews, police violence against protesters, and um, there's a lot going on right now in the States. So I wanted to take a beat um, and talk to my co-hosts, the three of you, about what's going on and where you are at. Um, I tend to be more of a listener than a talker, and I would really, really appreciate it if we could just be open and honest and and just have a conversation about how everything's hitting you, because I really want to know. So with that, absolutely, <laughs> let's, I guess, start with the first question that I have. Um, did anything, well, there's lots of things, but what stood out to each of you as something that was surprising? Anything you didn't expect, anything you didn't know, anything you learned in the last week and a half? I feel like for me anyway, I mean, there's been a lot. Um, I was not surprised by the police brutality or any of that aspect. I've been paying attention over the years. Like that part was not the shock. The part that I was actually shocked about, which I'm a little ashamed of, is like the budget, the city budget. I had no idea that like 54% of the Los Angeles budget goes to the police department. I did not know that either. I was floored. I was like, what? How, How on earth could you ever justify a city budget being like that and i'm like and i felt guilty and like sad about that because i obviously i've lived in la for four years now i think somewhere around there um and just have like not paid attention at all to where my taxpayer dollars are going i've voted and like i've done things but i haven't actually looked in more specifically to what is being done after the voting and i think that that's obviously a much more important part but i do think it's really easy to get carried away in your own micro world right of like well the things that are happening to me personally right now i'm going to deal with those and fix those and it's harder sometimes to zoom out and look at the higher level and look at what's happening around you um so i think the the main thing to come out of this for me is to make sure that i am paying more attention on a macro level and i am fighting for what needs to be done and that i am saying absolutely not you do not get over half of our city's money why yeah, thankfully, Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles, made a statement today that he has withdrawn 100 to $150 million from the police budget, which was great because I don't know if anybody else caught the live stream of the city council meeting that, that was, was happening. A, that was CTV. <laughs> it was insane in the best way. Mm-hmm. And I like that they all just sat there and took it. Because no, that's what here's they the thing. I feel like none of those people were listening. That's the thing that really irritated me about that whole thing. I was like, I would totally go to this. Uh, granted, pandemic is we're going to pretend like pandemic's not here. We'll put um, that on pause. It, yeah, we'll yeah. put the pandemic's on pause for this entire conversation because we can only take one thing at a time. Um, I was like, I actually wish that it wasn't during a pandemic because I would go in person because you, you have to listen there. Um, but on a Zoom call, you can just mute the tab. Like, and mm-hmm. I think that has to be what all of those people had done because there is no way you can sit there and have zero reaction to what those people were saying. And all of them looked bored or were looking off or were like doing something else. 
I'm like, there's, you're not listening. You're yeah. using technology to hide behind and pretend like you're listening. And that really irritated me. And I also was very irritated at Garcetti for throwing those peanuts money and saying, we'll use this like here. You can have a little bit of scrap from our police department. Um, What's we'll the use percentage that amount of that? I don't know if someone. Uh, I'm not very down. good at math, but it's not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Andrea's to go checking. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a look. Brittany, to go, go ahead. Um, to your original question, Rhea, and the reason I hesitated is because I feel like my voice isn't really one that needs to be heard right now, but I do appreciate that you, you, know, you are a listener and you do want to l- hear what we have to say is, you know, for me, this has just been an exhausting, a frustration, a frustrating, and just an all-around angry, angry experience. And I feel, you know, honestly selfish saying that because this hasn't really been my reality. It wasn't my parents' reality. It wasn't my grandparents' reality, my great-grandparents' reality. But watching everything unfold and just watching, and I've just been doing a lot of sitting back and listening, a lot of listening. I've been educating myself. And how can you not just feel all of these, this wide range of emotions, none of them pleasant? And it's really impacting me in a way that... um I would say I'm ashamed to admit it hasn't impacted me before. Of course, when you see police brutality against black men and women, it's a it's an awful, terrible thing. And that's what I, I've always told myself. That fucking sucks. That's not right. What can be done? What can change? But then life goes on and then the next thing happens. But something about this week has just really opened my eyes up. And I'm exhausted. And I haven't... This isn't my reality on a day-to-day basis. You know, I was watching um, Khalif's Spawn on Me, A Lesson in Blackness, um, yesterday, and I'm like halfway through my second watch right now because it's such a great conversation. And just listening to the reality of, you know, Zombie telling her children, like, you are a threat just because you're a black man, you are a threat. Listening to Khalif saying he doesn't, sometimes he can't even go take his garbage out if it's, nighttime you know just things like that that you hear but i think when you especially hear it from people you know for some reason it just registers differently and i hate that but i think uh it's it's just been a really hard week i don't know if i said that as eloquently as i could but i tried we're all we're all doing our best yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um, just to follow up on Steimer's point before I give my thoughts, the Los Angeles P- Police Department was set to receive a large increase in its annual budget from $1.189 billion oh. last year to $1.86 billion. Most of the budget increases were for new police bonuses. For 2020 through 2021, before Garcetti axed that move Wednesday, cutting 100 to 150 million, only after activists rallied outside his home. Like all that makes me want to do is like have more protests outside of his home to be like, "Are you joking with this number? Yeah, please go back. Try, try again, (laughs) one more time." In New York, more than 40 city council candidates are calling for a one billion dollar cut to the NYPD's six billion dollar budget over four years to help fund other programs such as the city's summer youth employment program. And in cities such as Minneapolis, Dallas, Philadelphia, and Nashville, similar movements are also gaining traction. So just a quick update. Yes. Um, I I think like Simon made a really valid point about ignorance about the way that local government works. We have local government elections semi-frequently at the city and state level. And, 
I think people in our age bracket and younger are notoriously not participating. Or if we are participating, we're voting for a single initiative that we care about and then we're leaving the rest of the ballots blank. I'm certainly guilty of having leaving certain votes blank because I just don't know enough about the candidates that I just choose to not vote than to vote for somebody along party lines just because they're the party that I'm registered with. But I think this has been a giant wake-up call for all of us to take much more care in researching the people who are in positions of power that oversee policy around the police, around the attorney's office, around the Department of Justice, around correctional facilities and prisons. All of that is part of the system. Mm -hmm. And almost all of those positions are publicly elected positions. And I think the idea that so many of us as, as young people... Gen X and and below don't know what any of those positions are is is our fault, right? It's it's our ignorance, it's our weakness, and it's been a huge wake up call to be like educate yourself about what your government does for you because as Timer said, we paying for it, <laughs> yeah, know? out of your paycheck, um, <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. And I think that when I look about look at this week and think about something that surprised me, in addition to that. We all knew that police brutality existed. I think that the idea of police brutality being in my life was something that felt very far away because I didn't know somebody who had experienced police brutality firsthand. I think I was not prepared for just how widespread the police brutality has been against all of the protesters this week. And I think it's really shaken my idea of what it means to be an American and what it means to have freedom of speech and the right to peaceful assembly and a lot of other things that are in our constitution that seem to be just thrown out the window this week. And that, that made me really angry. I mean, all of it makes me angry. Watching those videos makes me angry and sad and horrified. And it's always, it always feels like there's nothing that can be done. It's like, oh, it's an officer being prosecuted by, you know, a district of attorney in a state that I don't live in. So there's nothing I can do except continue to donate to the Southern Poverty Law Center, which we've been doing since the day Trump got elected, (laughs) and to continue to donate to the ACLU, which we also have been doing. And, you know, we can donate as much as we can to help these causes, but I think it really is time for us to go, what can I do in my community today to make it better? Yeah, that that's really great insights and something that I am personally very grateful for um, from all of you is that e- I know each of you has done your homework and has started to look into things more closely. And I think that is probably uh, the way forward. Obviously, I don't have any answers, but um, knowledge is power. And yeah, you can throw that statement around, but the fact is that None of us knew that, how was it, $6 billion were were coming from the citizens going to the police department? That's a problem. We should know these things. And um, I'm glad we're starting to figure it out. Uh, A little, I guess, quick background about where my family came from. Um, I am a descendant of slaves. I'm also a descendant of slave owners. Uh, The first people who came to this country that I'm related to that we could find were uh, the McGowans, uh, an Irish family. And one of the McGowans raped one of his slaves, and she had his child, a daughter. So she was biracial. And then he raped her, and she had a daughter. 
And those are the first relatives that I have in the Americas. And that is a generational trauma that every single one of my family members has carried our entire lives. So being afraid of power structures specifically, but honestly being afraid of power is something that I've struggled with. Um, Being afraid to be seen is something that I have struggled with for many, many years. People in my family were white or light skinned enough to pass for white. And I have that to deal with. Um, Accepting my blackness is something that I struggle with. So for a lot of black people, for, you know, those of you who don't know, there's a lot of layers to this shit and the police brutality, the systemic injustices against black people is a huge, huge piece of it. But there is so much more that you don't see. And I so, so encourage that people are now waking up and learning that there's more to learn. So thank you to each of you. Um, something that I'm surprised by is that people are finally getting it. <laughs> um, I mean, we got here the way we got here, but let's let's keep moving forward, I guess, is what I hope we could do. Um, moving on from that, what about this week has frustrated you that I guess maybe you've already ex- described a lot that frustrated you, but uh, what didn't you expect to be mad at, I guess? Uh, is there any anger emotion that came up or any emotion in general that you weren't expecting. Um, Obviously, if we see somebody being hurt, we expect to be upset. But did you have any emotions that surprised you this week? I mean, I feel like all of our emotions were... (laughs) All all, all of them? We experienced a lot of the emotional range that you can have as a human being. Um, I think something... An interesting element of the protests that were not about the protests really, but the way at least the LA um, government chose to handle it that frustrated me was the curfews Mm -hmm. because they Mm -hmm. were just not only ridiculously communicated, like um, the only person blowing up my phone was the city of Los Angeles. (laughs) And it was just like, and it would change constantly. And I was like, you are literally just setting people up to fail. And that makes me furious because I can't imagine how anybody could keep track of what the actual curfew is or which part of the city you're in. Like there was one day, I think it was the first day they were like business district is 1 PM of Santa Monica. And I was like, first of all, what is, what are you defining as the business district? Is that literally just third street? Amazon? Is that what you mean? Can you just say that? Like, what is, where is it? Um, and then it was like, well, all residential is like 4 PM, which also is like, it's getting summer now. The day, the sun doesn't set till like 8 p.m. And they were curfewing up until like, they were super early curfews. They were like, you can't be out past four or five. And I was like, yeah. First of all, why, where were these during quarantine? Like we're all supposed to be quarantined, <laughs> but nobody has a curfew. We can just technically run around and do whatever we want. And I know that that was supposed to discourage looting and some of the other bad elements that were happening, not in, like in conjunction, but not connected i suppose is the correct way of saying that um and but even still i'm like i don't how how much did that actually help or how much were you just literally scaring people into trying to scare them into submission and that was frustrating and i'm glad that the aclu sued the city of los angeles yep i was really happy to see that happen today as well so we got notifications that there would be no curfew today after we just assumed that there would be another curfew because Los Angeles County officials had said that they will continue to enforce curfew until 
the violent riots stop, which is LOL. There weren't violent riots happening. <laughs> Your police officers were attacking people who were literally just sitting on the ground with signs um, doing, you know, practicing their uh, rights given to them by the Constitution of the United States. And it's been so frustrating, I think, to see people on the outside not seeing that and getting upset at the police. And there are still so many people that are upset at the protesters. And I like the the anger that I have about that and the confusion I have about why people are not upset at the police is tough, but it's it's hard when you're a country as big as the United States is. And I think that's something that we as Americans lose sight of a lot because we get so wrapped up in our, our little communities that we forget that all of Europe can fit inside the United States. <laughs> that's how like vast and diverse we are as, as a people. And so the communities that aren't experiencing the as widespread police brutality because maybe they just have a couple of police officers and they all know each other versus, you know, middle to large cities that have rampant police brutality among their ranks. It's like we're not trying to say that every single police officer who's ever existed is a bad person. That's right. not what we're trying yeah, to say. I have some family members who are in the police force, not here in L.A., but. Yeah. Around in the United States. <laughs> We're trying to say that the reason why we have to address this brutality and this racism head on is because the good ones have allowed it to continue and they're not doing enough to stand up. And not only do we as citizens need to be empowered to say something to our elected officials, including the police officers who are on our payroll, but we want other police officers to be empowered to step up to report their coworkers. And it's like, well, what systems are in place to protect them? You know, does the union have a place where they can go where they're truly going to be protected? You yeah, know, like anonymous reporting or anything. Because yeah, if they have if they have fear of backlash or losing their job losing their or job getting or... hurt themselves, it's like we want to be able to also allow the good police officers who see it in front of their face to be empowered to report them and see action. It's the same conversation I think that we had around the, uh, the me too movement about reporting sexual harassment in the workplace. And it's like, you have to allow your employees to feel like they can say something just like you have to allow police to be able to say something. And also for them to be able to just stop it in its tracks when they do see it. And it's disappointing to me that, we aren't talking about that in conjunction with the obvious like legislation that needs to change, but it's something that I hope is part of the conversation as well. Yeah. There are a lot of things that I'm seeing that are frustrating, but unfortunately none of them are very surprising. Right. Mm -hmm. I understand that, you know, every, you want to peacefully protest, you want to go out there and have your voice heard. Yes, absolutely do that. Of course, you're going to have bad apples and individuals who take advantage of the situation and break into businesses and loot and cause harm to other folks and other items and cars set cars on fire. Like Seattle has some really, really nasty protests or riots. And while, yes, that all sucks, and yes, it's never good when family businesses are, are broken into and things are stolen and you know, they have to start over, like, you just hope they have insurance. I think the thing that's – I've I thankfully follow a lot of like-minded people. My social timeline, I haven't had to mute or delete or any anyone, but it's when I step out of my little bubble and then I see how much of a stink is raised about, you know, oh, physical goods. Like these are actual lives that people are protesting. And like, sure, like I said, destroying businesses, that's not good. Like, don't do that. 
but yeah, I feel like it's such a, a stupid thing that you even need to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone's like, yeah. Yeah. But it's, Get your it's, free shit. It's more when people aren't pissed off about the fact that police brutality and racism is a thing, but they're more pissed off that their local Nordstrom rack is being looted. And that's the thing they want to spend their energy yeah. on. And that's the thing they want to mm-hmm. get angry about. It's like, well, you know, why do you think all of these riots are happening? Is because trying to be peaceful hasn't done shit. It doesn't work in this country. You can't make change by just sitting peacefully and saying, like, well, not all this. Or, you know, I'm sure it was an accident. That's not how change happens. And now, look, it's all over. You know, what, 400 different cities have have participated in the protests across all of the states. And it's getting the message across. But, no, your Nordstrom Rack shoes you were going to buy the next day are gone. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Nordstrom should still be closed anyway, right? <laughs> well, yeah. No, because I think things that just opened in Seattle, they're no, – oh, no, maybe okay. – no, no, no. I might be totally wrong. Rihanna, you oh, live closer sure. to downtown. You know more than I do about that. But I yeah, don't I, know if they were open. Um, a, lot of, a lot of malls have been open for a limited number of people at a time. But yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they weren't back to normal, I guess, is what I'll say. Yeah. 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 The community rallying around Colin Kaepernick this week was fascinating because hmm. he was like the de facto poster child for peaceful demonstration on a large platform. And look what happened to him in his career and how he was crucified for it. And the now president people are like, involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. It yeah. was just like, it's like, yo, he tried. He yeah. tried to do it the way that you said that he's supposed to do it. And then you told him he was a bad person and he was spitting on the flag and he was disrespecting our troops, even though it had literally nothing to do with the armed forces. He actually of the consulted States, right? with yeah. veterans to ask how to do it without insulting them. Yeah, yeah but you don't hear about that, right? It's this oh, fucking nope. media, man. Knowledge is power. Yeah. Mm. 100%. I mean, like, there was a lot of that frustrated me about this week. I, yeah. I thought the videos were going to stop. I thought like a couple days in, once we saw how bad it was, that I was like, oh, the police are definitely going to like ease it back, right? Like they're going to walk it back. <laughs> no, and it's like double down. No. And I'm just like, what is going on? How is this still happening? And then seeing the president trot out military as a show of force is just like what oh what's going on oh. in this country and then all the tear gas and then they try to deny that they use tear gas and it's like dude it was fucking nationalized on live tv it's fine everybody Actually, has a no, video fuck that. It's not the fine. Video camera in their stop pocket. being such a fucking it <clears throat> let it out <laughs> let it out brett seriously like yeah we can't yeah. keep holding this shit in it's not good for us for us personally or for everyone else in the world like we need to start speaking up because this shit is not it <laughs> it just is yeah, 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 yeah. in, in yeah. conjunction with like the stuff about people who have peacefully protested i i always get really frustrated when people like trot out mlk <laughs> and i'm like sorry you uh you you murdered him do you remember that do you remember that part no you just conveniently like forgot that bit that's fine like i don't know there's just so many parts of it where they're like well we'll just cherry pick or even i've seen some people i hope they're bots please be bots um talking about like pride and like oh well you know pride's a great example of whatever you're like do you not know how pride started do you not yeah exactly yeah Yeah, exactly like do you have just just read a book yeah (laughs) just or read the internet just read something that explains history to you and maybe you will understand why, although I would say the majority of protests I have seen have been peaceful and have had zero cause to have the attacks that they've received. Mm-hmm. Um, like, 
history has usually been changed by violence. It's just honestly like the way well, yeah. that it goes. You never hear about overall happening by people taking an E peacefully. Like it, <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. And that's why it gets me so mad. Well, maybe they just try and protest and eat, you know, peacefully. Shut the, you know, it's fine. Maybe, never mind. It's all good. Anyway, the other thing I want to talk about too, if you don't mind, Rhi, <laughs> um, on that note, because Simon brought up MLK, mm-hmm. is Re recommended um, reading a Twitter thread. And I don't have the author of that thread in front of me, but essentially she was talking about COINTELPRO. And this is something that I had never ever heard about which is just absolutely awful but i was reading this thread and i was like is what the hell is and then she recommended the author um a documentary called black panthers vanguard of the revolution she says it's on netflix i couldn't find it on netflix but i did find it on amazon prime video and i watched that and it's like sam was saying like read a book get educated and at Ree's recommendation you know I, I dove into this and i'm just now like learning about it but this is something that i'm absolutely going to spend more time with because once you start kind of learning and you know like Ree said this is in her text this is kind of like the basis like this is where you probably want to start it all starts falling into place and everything really does start making sense and i've been telling all my family members about it and thankfully i have an amazing family and we're all on the same page with all of this and they're all interested in it they didn't know about it either and it's the stuff like this like why don't they teach you this in high school well it's like well or middle school elementary school and we said you know she had to learn this outside of her normal education right re i'm not wrong yeah. about that no that's yeah. exactly right yeah and of course they're not going to teach you this because it messes up everything that me, me, a white woman, born and raised and have lived prominently in a white community. Like, this has never been something that's even been brought up. And everything I'm learning, it's it almost feels like up is down and down is up. And it's has this has a lot to do with why I'm really struggling this week, is I feel like a lot of the shit I've learned, and this is my own issue for not educating myself earlier, but I guess better late than never. But damn, it's a lot. And it's, and the- it's a lot. Sorry, Britt, to cut you off. Yeah. I was just going to say the name of the Twitter thread or the person whose account it is is at Claire Willett. And we'll put that in the show notes if you guys want to go find it, if you're good with that, Re. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The beginning of the thread, uh, the first piece says... Not to be the white asshole who just got here five minutes ago and is already like, I can't believe you didn't know this. God, Megan. But in researching my book, (laughs) I learned some stuff history classes omitted, which might be helpful to other white folks, specifically about Fred Hampton. And then it's a a, a thread that you should read. Yeah. Yeah. Fred Hampton. Rest in peace. I'm with you, Brittany, that there's certainly a lot of gaps in our knowledge, which is something that I think we can bring up with our city councils who oversee funds for schools. Oh, no, we can't pay for anything for schools. We've got to get military riot gear. Oh, Oh, yes, we need police officers with full, like, military gear, like they're going to be deployed. (laughs) To to bring a bit of levity, there was a very (laughs) funny, something that I cracked up at. This was was an older clip on Twitter um, from, like, a, I don't even know where this cop was going, but it was, like, when you have all of your funds, Alec, or all, all your funds allocated towards the police department and, like, none towards infrastructure since... 
And then they listed a date. I don't remember like a very long time ago. I think like since the Soviet Union or something. <laughs> and it's a cop car going like a hundred ish miles an hour, but on this road that has a really big pothole. And so like the cop car just like eats it and just bounces off and like <laughs> sparks fly behind it. And then it like flips around and does a does a twirl. Anyways, it's very <laughs> fun to watch because nobody actually got hurt in that. The cop walked away. Um, but it, you're just like, yeah, maybe pave your roads. Maybe like put a little bit of effort into the place that you live and stop buying weird mini tanks for the police because i don't know why you need that maybe teach uh lgbt you already history have a military or black history <laughs> or any other history besides the, the very limited scope that we get in our educational system um re we've all been talking a lot but i feel like if there's any voice here that matters the most it's yours so <laughs> True. please like yeah lay it on us baby girl I mean, I appreciate that. And and I know that people might feel a certain way about me asking you all questions and not talking as much. But the fact is, I'm fucking exhausted. Um, this is very traumatic for me to talk about. And um, I'm sharing what I can. I work better. Um, I work better as, as a healer, as a learner. And um, this is very, very difficult work for me personally. So... Thank you all for, for helping me work through this. And to our, our audience, thank you all for, for being patient with me because I know a lot of people want to hear what I have to say, but the fact is it hurts to fucking say it. So I'm sure. trying. I'm, I'm working on it. But um, You're doing awesome. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> lots of people wrote in to say just how awesome you are. Wout, friend of the show, says, Rihanna, how are you so amazing all the time? <laughs> Inquiring minds want to yeah, know. Yeah, don't drink water. So. Oh my god! No, you just drink kombucha. Don't tell the kids that. Uh, I know when you were, you were hungover one time, I texted you. I'm like, Rhea, I'm like, how are you? Hydrate. You're like, but I don't want to drink water. It's like, what the fuck, girl? You can drink coconut water. I mean, I'll drink. drink. I'll drink my my ferment. I don't know that that's going to help Her homemade you. kombucha. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the secret of being awesome, apparently, like Ray, is to just not be, drink water. Be dehydrated. <laughs> no. <laughs> God, no, <laughs> that's terrible don't. advice. So actually hydrate. Like, that's a joke, please. <laughs> yes, yes. How do you I mean, hydrate? What's your something. preferred method of hydration? Um, actually, lately I've been doing a soda stream with some crystal light. So, like, Ooh, yes, pop, soda stream. Yeah. I'm into my, it. My go-to. Uh, we do have a couple questions and things that people have written in from our What's Good Games community at whatsgoodgames.com slash drwgg. Sean writes in and says, Hi, girls. I would love it if you could give a shout out to some black video game creators. We don't often get to see faces behind the games, and I'm sure many others would love to support work by people of color. So please let us know any names, games, or studios we should check out. And do you have any recommendations for sci-fi or fantasy novels by black writers, particularly black female writers? Also, at the beginning of WGG, possibly the first episode, you did a segment where you each talked about your background, how you got into games, and what led you to WGG. I'd really love to hear the same from Rihanna. Rihanna, I'm really loving your contribution to the show, and I know you work at Xbox, but I'd love to know more. Thanks so much, and lots of love. So just as a disclaimer, Rihanna cannot talk about the work that she does at Xbox, but, of course, if she so chooses can talk about what got her into games and what led her to WGG. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll give, uh, I guess my story really quickly and then I uh, would love to, to get into these recommendations because black female writers, I got you, but I came from healthcare. I have my undergrad in exercise science, my master's in health information management, and I went to work for university of Pittsburgh medical center 
and uh, was, uh, you know, working in the software side of healthcare for uh, about a year and a half. And then I realized that I hated it. Uh, I couldn't really make a big enough difference in the lives of others. And I've always loved video games. And I figured, you know what? It's time for a change. So after all my college friends moved away and I was left in Pittsburgh by myself, uh, I talked to my family members, reached out to friends, and my sister-in-law recommended me for a job at Xbox. So I moved over to Seattle and started working in localization and it's kind of been off to the races from there. I, uh, I I love being at Xbox and I've worked at a couple of other places too, but yeah, I sort of got into games very intentionally after realizing I did not want to be in healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> healthcare. It almost rings a little bit to Brittany's story. Yeah. Yeah. Like very different in a, a, obvious ways, right. but instead of healthcare, I was with the Department of Corrections, just like the administrative headquarters building. And I also found out that I quickly hated it. I thought it's what I also wanted to do. I took classes at the local uh, community college. I'd work from eight to, I mean, yeah, I worked from eight to five. Then I'd take night classes, took a few cl- classes in criminal justice. And then I was like, no, nah, this is not for me. <laughs> and video games. <laughs> Look at Wait, me now. How did you? How did you get started in healthcare? Was it like a thing when you were a kid that you were like wanted to be a doctor or what kind of led you down that route before you, you know, kind of shifted gears? Yeah, my entire family, except for my dad, is in healthcare. So um, my dad. That'll do it. Yeah, my dad is in corrections. He is in criminal justice. He was a a prison warden for a long time. Now he's a vice principal, which he likes to say is the same thing. Um, (laughs) Just a slightly different audience. Some different audience. Uh, But my mom has always been in uh, medical engineering. She's an engineer. Um, My sister's physical therapist. Both of my brothers are in medical supplies, sales. Uh, My brother and sister's mom is, she was at one point, I think she was like the head nurse of London or something. She's like a big deal in nursing. And uh, shout out to all of my family members that I'm probably completely butchered what you've done. But yeah, (laughs) everybody has been in healthcare and and in service roles. So that's just sort of where my head was at for, for most of my life. That makes sense. Yeah. So then what led you to WGG? Uh, you. I mean, you all. You're awesome. I've been a fan for a while, but uh, specifically my partner, New, introduced me to What's Good Games. And um, I met you all at PAX in Seattle and helped out at your Life is Strange event um, during PAX West. And I think from there, I've kind of like started just creeping into the friend group. Just being around, being useful. (laughs) I remember going to your kind of funny best friends meetup. Snymer and I went together and we, you know, that was like the first time that we got to actually like felt like a chat with you and like have a connection that wasn't like just on social media Mm -hmm. or like in a big group and passing. And I was like, we need to hang out with Remore. Yeah. I'm glad beautiful friendship was born. Sparkles. (laughs) Sparkles. <laughs> exactly. Sean, thank you so much for your question. And so for the recommendations, Reed, do you want to start with the black writers or should we yeah. talk about black game creators? Yeah, well, yeah. You, you sounded I'll, like you had writers ready to go. I got writers ready to go. First off, okay. if you like time travel, um, oh, yes. I would say I uh, you want to check out Kindred by Octavia Butler. Uh, Kindred. Must read. Cool. Kindred. On Octavia Butler. Okay. Um, I'm writing these down, and I will put all these in the show notes. Yeah, perfect. If you like reading about kids with superpowers, you know, like yes, the MHAs, the avatars, um, this one, Children of Blood and Bone. By, oh, I saw that one. Yeah, on by, by Tommy yeah. Adeyemi. 
And this is an entire cool series. Cover. So once you get this one done, if you like, you know, when the story just keeps going, I think there's two more, I want to say. But um, also start here if you want to read about kids with superpowers, both black female authors. Um, well, Tommy Adeyemi is African, um, but fantastic stories. And they do center around young women. Awesome. I wrote those down and we'll be adding them to my shopping cart very soon. <laughs> this one, Children um, of Blood and Bone, might be hard to find because it's is a New York Times bestseller, so it might be a little bit tricky to get that one. Just wouldn't that make it up. easier to find? Hmm? So wouldn't that make it easier to find? Well, I well, think I remember somebody telling me they, they were trying to find it and it was sold out, but they could have restocked it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Makes sense. I was just looking up a title for one of the black video game creators that I worked with recently to make sure that I have his current title correct. I'm referring to Shauna Sky, who is the creative director at Crystal Dynamics working on Marvel's Avengers. He's great. He used to work at Visceral and he is now, you know, leading the team who's overseeing the creative for a giant property for Marvel, so doing an Avengers game, so that's awesome. Also, a big shout-out to Leo Alebe, who runs Facebook Gaming's whole program, and I've had the amazing opportunity to host panels and work with him on several occasions, both with Facebook's She Talks Games Women in Gaming Initiative and also in the Global Gaming Citizens, which is something that he's been overseeing as well, and they've highlighted some really fantastic people in that program it was interesting, the conversation that I had with him once about how, as a top executive in a company as large as Facebook, when he goes into meetings with people assuming that his subordinates who are white are actually the person in charge, if they've actually never shook hands or met in person, if they've only done email exchanges, that when they walk into a room for the first time, that he said almost every time they think it's my subordinates who are the ones that are in charge and not me. And we had like a real conversation about like what that meant to him and how he's grateful that he has coworkers who immediately are like, Oh no, we're not in charge. Leo's in charge, (laughs) but that that's a, that's a bias that people have an unconscious bias sometimes, or sometimes it's just an open bias. That's terrible. And those people are bad. And I thought it was really great that he took the time to talk about that because you don't really hear executives, you know, talk about those things very often. So I really appreciated that from him. I want to give a shout out to Davion Gooden, creator, soul indie creator of She Dreams Elsewhere, which, yes. Yes. Oh, God, it's so good. Um, It's not out yet, but there is a demo. And I'm trying to see. It just says planned release date 2020. And I believe the game is going to be part of some of these um, summer game fest and whatnot i'm trying to find the details on it right now but anyway i did play the demo and it was the time just went so quickly it reminds me a lot of earthbound and i know earthbound and i think animal crossing are some inspirations for that game it's uh looks like an eight well i would say more like 16 bit game but it's uh check it out and it's his twitter handle is davion gooden d-a-v-i-o-n-n-e-g-o-o-d-e-n and the game is she dreams elsewhere and the studio is Studio um, Zevere, Z-E-V-E-R-E. Anyway, it's on Steam. Go look at it and play it. It's real good. Yeah. yeah. Also, shout out to at, Bla- at Black Game Dev on Twitter, who surfaces Black Game Devs every single day. There good follow. Go. But we do have some more questions from, from people that we would like to get to. Um, and some of them are just nice thoughts, like from Haley Hahn, who says, no question. 
just a thank you to Rihanna. She's getting the platform she deserves in the gaming industry with her guest appearance on Inside Gaming. What about her spot on What's Good Games? Uh, what, Inside <laughs> Gaming? What? They're not bigger than us. Uh, yeah, flip, flip, flip right here, ladies. Flip just it. Um, uh, hopefully on more future outlets as well. But I know I'm just going to take a break from Haley's message. I'll get back to it in a second. We didn't properly give Rihanna the props that she deserves for oh, her amazing oh, yeah. appearance on Inside Gaming. Yeah, and girl. You killed it. I know that Snaps. you were really nervous about it, but you crushed it. Thanks. You, did. you Thank had you. me rolling with some of your little silly quips you had. A little twerking <laughs> comment. And the whole, that was a good like twerk. Just, it, I stand yeah. by that. It was an advanced move. And the part <laughs> where you said it sounds like they're just going in the house and kidnapping people. Like, <laughs> that's so funny. It was a fun time. Was, that's a yeah, good yeah, you were, you're a great girl. You were great. Thank you. All right. Back to Haley. It's so appreciated that Rihanna is taking her time and emotional energy to share her truth and educate allies so we can better support her and the Black Lives Matter movement. She is amazing and inspiring, and I'm so lucky to have met her in Fargo. Love and good vibes to you, Rihanna, and all the gals at WGG. Oh, Thanks, Haley. Thanks, that Haley. was a nice message. Yeah. Adam Fitzpatrick writes, How do video games help you address the trauma of injustice? And do you have an example of a game which has furthered your passion for justice? I can't Mm. think of any game that has um, made me more passionate for justice, but I I do think of a few games that have helped me avoid dealing with trauma (laughs) or avoid processing it when I just needed to put a pause on things. And that is 100% Animal Crossing. Uh, <laughs> Andrea so shared a gift the other day when she went uh, live on stream. <laughs> it was like Animal Crossing person with their pole to go over uh, a river. And I it said that. anxiety and depression. And then you just flip right over it to the other uh. side to get Animal Crossing. And that's pretty realistic. Honestly, I I am trying to deal with everything in a healthful way and avoiding substances when I know that I can't control myself. So I've been playing a shitload of Animal Crossing, and my five-star island looks like trash, but it's five stars because I want those <laughs> Lily of the Valley flowers. Yeah, girl. Wait, how does a five-star island look like trash? Is there's just shit everywhere? Like, just oh, it's just about the amount of stuff. So that's why I was getting so many good ratings. Okay, I, I was wondering why like, my horror island is, is doing very well. It was like your island's great. I'm like, there's weeds everywhere and things haphazardly thrown about, but okay, yeah. all right. Isabel likes sense. that. She's weird. Mm. Apparently, Isabel just wants <laughs> no brass showing. quantity, not quality. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there we go. We talk all the time about how games are an escape and video games are an escape and a much needed one and something that is okay to have. Just like you said, Re, like, you know what? I need to put, I need to press pause on everything because I can't be in it all the time. I need to take a break for me. And I think we talk about mental health on the show a lot and hopefully that is still true for people today to know like it's important to get out there, educate yourself, to march if you can, to vote when you need to, but it's also okay to take a break and to step away and to recharge so that you can keep fighting because you can't keep fighting if you burn yourself out. So we we need all the foot soldiers. We need to keep fighting. (laughs) Indeed. Okay. So the next one is a little bit long. Okay. And I'm trying to decide how much of it I want to read. Okay. There she goes and she reads. While she's doing that, I have a quick correction to make about She Dreams Elsewhere. I said Earthbound and Animal Crossing, and that was incorrect. It's Earthbound, Undertale, and Persona. 
are the mm. oh yeah i mean animal crossing not a bad buzzword davion but i wanted to be honest i <laughs> thought like, you could put like random crap in a little house or something i was excited I mean, about that i don't think you can it's just a random decorating yeah, right. yeah get the well. stars from isabel <laughs> they really do everywhere. need to to correctly advertise animal crossing as a decorating sim because that is exactly what it is mm-hmm yeah, I adventures and capitalism is what it should be called. Ah, <laughs> oh, indeed, <laughs> that nook, man. But I have paid off all my loans. Have you paid off Maria's loan? I've been trying to pay her back. I have the bells in the bank waiting for her, and oh. she's like so rich now that she's like, "Oh, that's cute. I, like, I need your bells." <laughs> she's like a billionaire now, and she's like, "I don't need that million. It's fine. Get that, yeah, get that drop exactly. out of bucket out of here." <laughs> yeah, so I mean, she's punked me again, but you know, thank you anyway, Maria. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> okay, so Hugo writes Dear What's Good Games, I've been listening to you for a long time, and this is the first time I'm writing to you. I'm living in Croatia and have been following the events that have been happening recently for the last week or so. Here in Croatia, we don't really have many colored people living here, so the topic of racism is not that much talked about. That's why I've tried to educate myself as much as I could on the issue that has been going on. Obviously, as a white man, I could never truly know the feeling of how it is to feel treated less because of the color of my skin. But as a gay man living in a country in which being gay is still not considered normal, I can kind of relate on being looked at different or even hated for who I am. So what I wanted to ask you girls is this. How do you feel about the sincerity of all of the things people write on Twitter and social networks? To explain my question a little further, I have a feeling a portion of what is being written by companies, influencers, or even famous people is just written to make them look better in a crisis. The question is, is it really sincere to say you are sorry for something you may have done to look like a better person? Sorry for the long question. Love you all. So I think the question is, how do you feel about statements that people are making on social media? Do you feel that these statements are authentic and sincere or do we think that the statements being made either by individuals or by companies are there just because they feel obligated to say something? I, mean, I think there's probably both. Yeah, I was, was going to say the exact same thing, Steimer. There's definitely both. There's people who are very insincere. Just that's who they are. There's companies that will make decisions strategically. And there's also companies made up of people who are hurting just as much as all of us are. And there's also people who really, really, really want to make a difference. So kind of like what Khalif said, you know, like sometimes it's mm-hmm. one, sometimes it's the other. Yeah. <laughs> I think the gift was people are awful and terrible, but uh-huh. people are fantastic and great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, that feels right. I did like Paris's tweet about the NFL, mm. which when the oh. NFL made their statement this week, I was mm. like, maybe you just shut up. Maybe you just donate money and you take care of players and you let players protest when they need to protest and you just shut up otherwise. Yeah. Just Homer Simpson away on this one. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, you know, seeing all these statements from these companies and whatnot. And then, you know, Twitter never forgets. And then they'll pull up a contradictory statement or something that complete and they'll post it. They'll quote, retweet it. And it's like, yeah, that's not a good look, you guys. But yeah, definitely call them A, call them B. And I think uh, we'll find out as the, weeks and months and years progress how sincere people really are being and uh, hopefully hopefully an overwhelming majority are being very sincere because damn yeah and speaking of paris i know we talk about our friend khalif adams a lot because ka is great and we love ka and he deserves every single ounce of 
uplift he's getting this week for all of the work he's been doing for years. But Paris is also a fantastic member of the video games media community. Brittany and I had the opportunity to spend, you know, a couple of days with him and Danny in um, at various events over the years. And Paris Lily is part of Gamertag Radio and also is a content creator and does a lot of cool things. We, we, he and I have been trying to get, figure out a time when he can drive up here because he's not that far away um, in Southern California. Of course, the pandemic has made that very challenging. But if you guys want to follow Paris, he's at Vicious696. So it's just V-I-C-I-O-U-S. Vicious, the word Vicious, 696. <laughs> On Twitter, he's awesome. He's also obsessed with Cyberpunk 2077. Just fair warning. <laughs> Another he property tweets about by Cyberpunk a, a black a man, by the way. Cyberpunk in general. Oh, yeah. There you go. I, I love that crew. And just watching Paris and Danny just fucking go back and forth on, on all their stuff. They have some of the funniest banter, those two. And I know they're so tight and so close. But just watching them tear each other a new asshole online is just a fucking... <laughs> it's, it's the best interaction. They're just some of my favorites. Um, I also want to give a shout out to the crew that was on that Spawn on Me Lesson in Blackness um, episode. So we had Ka, obviously, which is called Jonkins on Twitter. Ka- I don't know <laughs> how you say ja it. Ken. That's how he says it. He says Ka Ja Ken. So Ka Jokins. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and then you had Blessing. I'm going to name off their Twitter handles. Blessing Jr., Zombie Kills, Pikachulita, and then Vicious, and the Cinephile Guy, which is Cam. Um, lo- it was a fantastic conversation, and they're all people that you should be following on Twitter if you're not. Anyway. Absolutely. So thank you to everybody who has been writing in. We really appreciate it, and we appreciate your guys' support, and we appreciate you guys responding to our statement that we put out, and having that moment of understanding and not coming back at us with like, I can't believe you're not doing the show. Like the idea that we didn't for a second have to doubt that you would be on our side is what makes what's good games great and why we love you guys so much. And I just wanted to kind of end my part of calling out people from DWGG and then kick it back to you, Rihanna, for any other thoughts that you have by saying, uh, Marcus Brown also wrote in one of our Patreon producers, And he says, I just want to say thank you to Rihanna for being such a wonderful part of the WGG community. I hope that we have made you feel welcome, heard, and respected. The call for change has been issued loud and clear by the black community, and it's our turn to listen more attentively, to educate ourselves more actively and consistently, and to speak out loud and clear against racism, brutality, and oppression of the black men and women living here with us on this third rock from the sun. (laughs) Thank you again, Rihanna, and much love and respect from all of us in the WGG community, the gaming community, and the human community. Wow. Well, I I can't say it any better than Marcus. That's amazing. Um, uh, the only thing that I, I, I would like to say again, to again, again, is thank you to our community, to everyone who has reached out to me, both publicly and privately, to the, the three of you. Um, special shout out to John. <laughs> and um, uh, I'll give you one more homework assignment. Uh, if you are looking for a way to get a little bit more of a bite-sized chunk of what you can learn every day um, because I know it's a lot. It's an entire people's history that nobody thought to teach. Um, Bit.ly slash June Justice has created an entire uh, rubric or what's it What's it called? Like curriculum? Yeah, curriculum. Yeah. Syllabus. Right. Lesson plan. Yeah. Um, they have three options. You can do 10 minutes a day, 25, or 45. 
They give you options of things to watch, things to listen to, things to read. There should be something there for everyone. And it's a fantastic starting point if you're feeling overwhelmed by what you realize you don't know. Um, And what I would like to leave everybody with is like, it's okay if you don't know what's going on. If it's okay, if you don't understand how we got here, what I ask you to do is figure out your next move. Like, what are you going to do now that you know? So thanks. And on that note, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about some video games. See you in a minute, everybody. everybody welcome back to the show it's the second segment of the what's good games podcast this is where we talk about what we've been playing but before we do that we're going to talk about the news because there is a couple of items that are of interest this week even though there are clearly more important things happening we thought you'd still be interested to know what's happening in your world of video games so this first story has me all kinds of excited. Yeah, I saw this tweet last night. Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning seemingly leaked for August 2020, and it has now been confirmed. So this story has bits and pieces from both IGN and Polygon. Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning has seemingly leaked on the Microsoft Store and apparently will make its way to Xbox One on August 11th. Scratch that, it's actually August 18th. It's a remastered version of 2012's Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, if that wasn't clear. And it's going to be, or it was released on Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and PC. Over on Polygon, they write that the product page says that the remaster will offer improved visuals and refined gameplay. It initially offered a release date of August 11th, but as we have seen, it's now been adjusted. And included multiple screenshots from the page. Frankfurt, Germany-based Kaiko is listed as the developer of the remaster. The studio previously worked worked with THQ Nordic on Darksiders War Master Edition and Darksiders 2 Definitive. 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 Not a real, not a real word. That's what we call marketing speak. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Polygon reached out for comment to THQ Nordic who bought Kingdoms of Omlore from EA and they confirmed that yes, the remaster is real. And it said that it was inadvertently listed ahead of an official announcement. Florian Emmerich, the head of public relations for THQ Nordic, says, yes, it's true and accurate. The news was not supposed to go out yet, which can be summarized as an oopsie-daisies on our end. <laughs> I love... Okay, this might be my favorite PR statement of all time. Oopsie-daisy, I love it, but also oopsie I'll daisy. say... It's not 100% accurate because, as they've already said, the date was wrong. Uh, yes. Uh, we hope people are still looking forward to playing Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning in summer. Of course they are, just because it wasn't your official announcement. It doesn't mean I mean, it does excited. suck when you like work really hard and you're yeah. like, oh, it's going to be this date. People are going to be excited. And then someone's yeah. just like, oopsie daisy. <laughs> you have a whole plan. I it's like, I wanted to do this the right way. And yeah. 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 
Happens more often. Happens than... a lot. There's a lot of oopsie daisies in the world. <laughs> the internet really is. Emmerich added that fans can look forward to more information in a few weeks. A PlayStation 4 version is up for pre-order on Amazon alongside a Windows PC version. There's also a listing for an elaborate collector's edition, which Brittany. comes with an 8.2-inch statue of the character. Oh, I love Alan things that are 8.2 inches. Let's go. <laughs> a very specific number. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. All of the listings give the same August 18th release date with prices set at $39.99 for the standard game and $109.99 for the special edition. That is a pricey statue. I'm getting it. I oh, want yeah. it. Which one? Which one are you uh, getting I'm get? definitely getting it, You're getting too. the statue or you're getting just the game? Both. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, the collector's edition looks like, you know, like your your standard there. Like the, well, the, the statue, statue actually looks cool. pretty good. There's a keychain. It says five artworks, soundtrack, and then, of course, your chosen copy of the game mm. on your platform of choice. Uh, just a little bit more background from IGN about Kingdoms of Amalur, if you're not familiar. Uh, Amalur's story is penned by New York Times bestselling author R.A. Salvatore and was also developed by Spawn creator Todd McFarlane and Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion lead designer Ken Rolston. Kingdoms of Amalur was originally developed by 38 Studios and published by EA. In 2018, THQ Nordic bought the property from the now-defunct studio, although EA still owned the publishing rights. It appears they worked out a deal to make this happen. Amalur came with a ton of controversy as the Rhode Island Economic Development Corporation Corporation filed a lawsuit against 38 Studios founder and ex-Boston Red Sox pitcher Kurt Schilling and other executives. 38 Studios went out of business following a $75 million loan supported by the Rhode Island taxpayers. That whole situation was a yikes, but everyone really liked that game. I actually didn't play it, um, so I'm... Interest. I feel like if if we have a bit of a lull in that time period, like this might be the time when I finally. Oh, yes. Yes. so exciting! This is really exciting. I've only played maybe fifteen to twenty hours of this game, and I've started it up <laughs> twice only. And then she laughs. That's at me. such a ridiculous statement. I'm sorry. That's it's how much I played. It's a giant. It, no, oh my god! But it's a giant open world RPG. Like, I know, but so I'm just a, play. I've only let played. Me, let me rephrase. Out of context, it's a ridiculous statement. Uh, yes, like anywho. in context of it being an. RPG, yes, but like otherwise, if can you imagine saying that about anything else? I only spent fifteen to twenty hours doing it. That's fair. <laughs> a long time. That's it is a long time, but I've never actually finished the game. And I was just thinking about this the other day because I meant obviously the world's kind of on fire right now, and games just really aren't hooking me. So what's sounding good are like comfort food games, and I keep thinking about Kings of Amalur, and I was going to go back to it because I have it on. Um, Oh, what's it? On 360, you know, you can play it on your Xbox. Backwards compatible. compatible. I literally got, I dug the disc out of the box last (laughs) night when I saw this tweet. I was so excited. And I popped it in my Xbox One X and loaded it up so that I could play. And then I was like, but wait. I was like, wait wait a minute. I was doing that now. I was like, wait, why do I want to do that when I can wait for the Ah! remaster, which is happening in August? Um, but part of me just wants to go in and tool around um, and maybe try to find my 360 so I can find where my save is. There you <laughs> and, go. No, this is cool. But, this is the perfect yeah. opportunity to play this game for the first time. You know, Will I, the save carry over? So good. No, Ray, you're really excited about I this. Don't think so. Okay. Yes. Uh, funny story. Like I was actually talking like, or to DMing with Alana Pierce about Kingdoms of Amalur the moment when I saw this. <laughs> so we you were literally it. talking about, oh yeah, Kingdoms of Amalur. That was a great one. Not a lot of people played it. And then I saw this and I was like, holy f- <laughs> <laughs> 
fucking shit. <laughs> like, wow. You brought it into the world, Reed. You did. Oh my god, that was your DMing. Um, can you DM Alana about Mother Three localization? Okay, I got. I'll write that one down. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we all just send you a list of things we'd like you to DM Alana about? Just manifest it. Yeah, yeah. please manifest this yeah. into the world. So, the part of this story that has me a little on edge. Uh oh. Uh oh. Not on the edge. Is that when we talked about EA Mm -hmm. in our eight ball predictions, Mm -hmm. we saw on that list that there was a remaster Uh, that was confirmed. And I was like, is EA publishing this game? Was it THQ Nordic? Or is THQ Nordic publishing the game? Because Mm -hmm. remember in the story, it says that THQ bought the property, although EA still owned the publishing rights, but they worked out a deal, but we don't know what that deal is, according to Mm. this IGN story. If I were a Magic 8-Ball and you shook me up real hard, Mm. I would say, my sources say no, that this is not the EA HD game. Remaster. Remaster, Remaster, yeah. yeah. I hope not. I I hope not, too. Not because I don't want this game, because obviously I do, but... I think if THQ bought it, they should publish it. And that I really just want something else. I can't remember the wording. (laughs) Hold on. What was the exact wording of the EA when they were like, it's a remaster of a... Did they say franchise or did they say... I Yeah. I'm trying to remember if they insinuated that there was more than one game attached to it. Because if they're... I don't remember the wording though. If it's it's not this, what, what are you hoping it will be? Mass Effect. Mass Effect. Mass Effect Trilogy Remaster. Okay, here we go. An <laughs> HD remake of an EA game. Oh, it's too generic. Okay, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Super generic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't help us at all. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Damn you and your careful wording. <laughs> God dang it, yeah. Man. All right, fine. I guess time will tell on this one. Yeah. Exactly. We don't it have long exciting. to wait. Yeah, it's true. Just a couple of months. But it is exciting that... All of the DLC is going to be included because uh, I don't think I played through all the DLC. Uh, I didn't even finish so. the, the game, but I loved it. Yeah, no, the game is the game is awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah, I've been trying to get Jason to play it, but he's like, oh, I don't know. Now he's playing Breath of the Wild all over again. That oh, boy. loser! I like your Jason <laughs> voice. Man, man, but now we can play it together. Uh huh. <laughs> hmm. <gasps> yes, Brady. All right. Silence I'm, I, I'm, stewing, I'm stewing on this. I'm going to do some digging. All right. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Moving on. The next story. <laughs> uh, this is like, I, I cared so little about this story, I didn't even put the whole story in. So maybe somebody else should read it, and I will make sure to <laughs> okay, put it. Okay. Let's hype up. this shit up. Oh, my God. Sega announced the Game Gear Micro, the strangest retro minigame device yet. This comes from Polygon. So Sega is reviving, ladies. It's 1990 handheld, the Game Gear, as a mini retro console for the company's 60th anniversary. 60 years, can you believe it? Wow, that's a long time. The Sega Game Gear Micro will be released in Japan this October, and it may be the strangest retro device yet. The system comes in four different colors, and each colorway comes with four Game Gear games built in each game your micro costs 4980 yen about 46 dollars and will be released in japan on october 6th 
The Game Gear Micro is tiny indeed. It's 80 millimeters wide, about 3.15 inches, and 43 really millimeters tiny. tall, which is about 1.7 inches. It'll fit in your butt. The screen measures 1.15 <laughs> inches diagonally. That part, not part of, part of the Polygon article. Just so that, that was an uh, yeah, aside no, from that was me. About one third the size of its original Game Gear's LCD screen, and much, much tinier than the two-inch screen on the Game Boy Micro. And that's all that she put. <laughs> that in That is so fit your butt. Uh, the, okay, so the four games you get uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. This is just with this one, though. That's, oh, shit. This they're is why all different put, colors? Yeah, this is why I didn't yeah. put all this shit in there. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> is Sonic on all of them or Sonic just on that one? Different okay, Sonic. Different Sonic. So it's like, yeah, if you get the blue one, it's Sonic and Tails. If you get the yellow one, you don't get any Sonic whatsoever. Um, and if you get the red one, you get some of the Tensei games. Yeah. So there's huh. two that have some Sonics on them and then the other two have no Sonics. But the funny part to me is playing those games on such a tiny screen <laughs> will result in some eye strain, but Sega has a solution. The big window micro no. magnifying oh my glass. God. This can't oh be real. A We're recreation back. of the big window released for the original Game Gear. We're back. This is real. Did we take a time machine? Real. We're back, I feel like this is it. I don't know what's happening with this. This reminds me of... The Game Boy. Remember all the little attachments you could have? Yep. That magnifying glass, you'd have the little light that would attach to it. Then mm-hmm. you'd have the speaker amplifier at the bottom. I had the camera. Oh, I had the camera too. Used. I still have my printer and stuff. We should take Yeah, the camera and the printer. Yeah. I think we printed one thing off of it and then never used it ever again. Yeah, it we should do a show and tell one of these days. I, oh, see I don't that. have it anymore. It's long gone. Oh. So, Brittany can, Brittany, can you find it? Do you Brittany know where it is? It definitely your house? has. My her Game Boy? Stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's no, I the, know exactly like where the printer and the camera. Oh yeah, it's it's in that room over there. Also, not your Game Boy, your Game Gear. Oh, my Game Gear, yeah, yeah. I know okay, yeah, she's like, I have literally everything under the sun. Don't it's worry. It's on the <laughs> shelf in the room next door. It was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, so just as a clarification, if you guys want the big window micro. You have to pre-order all four of the Game Gear micro units at the same store in Japan. Sega has not currently announced what? a western release for its mini game gear thank god the sega game gear micro will be powered by two AAA batteries but can also be powered by a usb micro cable it features a built-in speaker and a headphone jack this is my literal nightmare <laughs> is having four tiny things that i need to swap back and forth to to play like no this is the shit i hate which is just have a bunch of random crap in your house i'm like it makes my soul shrivel up a little bit inside. <laughs> and then not only that, you have to buy a magnifying glass because we made it too small and you can't see it. <laughs> like, just make it bigger. So Why? what's interesting about all this Sega bullshit is that I'm going to read from Paul Tassi from Forbes as this is, comes from his article four days ago. He said, Japanese tech journalist Zenji Nishikawa teased a huge scoop coming in for the June 4th issue of Famitsu with the story in question related to Sega. Nishikawa said that it was on the level of Wired's PS5 articles back when they had... Ex- <laughs> Back, back when they had exclusive reveals about the console, which led everyone to speculate about a new Sega system coming, though Nishikawa immediately said no, Dreamcast 2 is not on the way. So the concept had ranged from Microsoft partnering with Sega to rebrand the Xbox Series X in Japan to Google buying Sega outright and snapping up their properties for Sega content. So obviously, this, or this. This, <laughs> this comes out. And so the folks have been scrambling. They're like, no, this isn't the reveal. This isn't the reveal. So this is, suppos- what is it? supposedly what the scoop is. Sega is working on a new kind of platform. They apparently dub, and this comes from... Okay, I'm in... Sarah Khan... Okay, 
S-E-R-K-A-N-T-O-T-O on Twitter, Dr. Serkan Toto from Kansan Games, Inc. Anyhow, this person tweets and says, according to this news source in Japan, Sega is working on a new kind of platform they apparently dub Fog Gaming. That term is not the Japanese equivalent of cloud gaming, but no further info is known. And so now the article says, yes, Fog Gaming is the scoop, not this little but." Genesis or whatever, yeah. But not Game Genesis. Gear. Plug Genesis. <laughs> but Game Gear, excuse me. But, oh, sorry, yeah. But but plug Game Gear. Um, Sega Sega will use arcades in Japan oh as the technical backbone. CPUs and GPUs housed in arcade machines are mentioned specifically. Ultra low latency is touted, and commercial idea is to use arcades outside of business hours. So. <laughs> obviously this came out oh my god this was the big wire no this wasn't it apparently it's this fog gaming thing it's the thing with a very confusing name yeah i mean fog the man. cloud i understand but fog is purposely maybe it's like a code name maybe i mean i got something so. else but i wouldn't be surprised if sega was getting into cloud streaming or some kind of digital pass service or some kind of legacy collection that you can access digitally only. I mean, almost Would all you the like to play are. the the four games that are exclusive to each of these consoles but um, on on the Fog system? No. <laughs> I'm a diehard old school Nintendo girl through and through. I spent some time with Sega's library. It was inferior to Nintendo's. Ooh. Fight me. Ooh. Ooh. Um, back. <clears throat> bold. I think you could fight Greg on that one. Or maybe not. I'm not sure. I just feel like Nintendo's legacy library is oh, no, definitively I, better. Yes. I mean, yes. There's a reason why they're still around making consoles. Oh, yes. Yep. It's true. Um, okay, moving I on. I mean, Sega's still around making consoles. Oh, you're right. Bit of a head scratcher, that <laughs> one. Ching. Okay. Infinity Ward says that Call of Duty will get better at flagging racist usernames. Well, goddamn, it's about time. Polygon writes that they have announced that the company will be issuing more bans for racist usernames as well as taking more steps to monitor racist content in games in the future. Quote, there is no place for racist content in our game. This is an effort we began with launch and we need to do a better job. We're issuing thousands of daily bans of racist and hate-oriented names, Infinity Ward said in a tweet. The company has promised to issue more bans for racist usernames while also adding more ways for the company to filter racist content and to ban players for it, including reporting tools. These promises come in the wake of a Reddit user calling out Infinity Ward through a video showing dozens of accounts using the N word as their usernames while racial slurs on their own are not allowed to be set as usernames players had been using symbols to bypass existing filters yeah that's like the most basic way to get around filters that's, yeah it's like internet <laughs> usernames 101 don't you remember leet speak oh my goodness <laughs> always remember leet speak <laughs> yeah so i of that- course like I'm glad Infinity Ward is doing this. I cannot believe that it took this week to make you do this. You're in one of the wealthiest publishing circles in the world, working on the most successful video game in the world. Yeah, but usually companies like this, I mean, to Ree's point earlier uh, in segment one, like, unless their feet is, are like in the fire, it's really easy to not prioritize things. Um and so I think that's kind of what this was. Was like they're like we know it's a problem, but we also are. It's hard you know, for us to think of all the ways people are going to be racist, so we just can't do it. And then they were like, "Oh, this is a really bad look for PR wise. Maybe we should fix this now." Yeah. So like, of course, like I'm not shitting on Infinity Ward. They're a great studio who make great games. I just am like, I'm you just, glad you I'm just glad wish that it did not better. take this. Yeah. 
yeah. to get them there. But yeah. as you know, as God of War says, don't be sorry, be better. Be proactive. Um, and so I do, I do appreciate that they didn't just say sorry. They were like, here is actually how we're going to fix it. Yeah, it's it's always good to see a, a good old fashioned action item. Um, once you know better, you should do better. They've known better for a while, but I mean, hey, they got there. <laughs> you know the 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 road was just a little longer than normal. Um. Okay. Um. Next up, Stimer. Do you want to read this one? Sure. It's got so many beautiful orange links in it. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. Okay. Publishers participate in Summer of Pride streaming, and this is a, a press release. So straight from the horse's mouth. Midboss presents Summer of Pride 2020, the second annual celebration of LGBTQ plus diversity in games. Currently running through June 30th, the event features diverse Twitch streamers playing queer positive games and raising money for LGBTQ plus charities. That always like trips me up because there's so many letters. A year round queer game storefront will go live later this month. Raising the bar for Summer of Pride, Midboss and participating streamers will raise money for life-changing LGBTQ plus charities um, like Trans Lifeline, Trevor Project, Gamer X, and oh, sorry, and Gamer X via Teltify. A permanent storefront for queer positive games curated by Midboss will launch in June in partnership with Chrono.gg. This year's live streaming, live streaming schedule includes is that, is that bitch pudding? Is that how you say it? Oh, it looks like bitch pudding. I've or, never like, seen this. I've never streamer, seen it with the Q. So, so the Q know. is the part i'm not sure about no, the Q that part, looks like but bitch pudding bitch mm, pudding which is a great name like uh it. winner of season two of the boulet brothers dragula i hope you say boulet uh and previously active in the fighting game community as a competitive player more than 70 top streamers from across the lgbtq plus spectrum uh including spoffy misha i am brandon and Deer will also take part in the festivities they'll play more than 60 games with positive representation of queer characters themes and stories um, these included celebrated AAA titles from The Last of Us Left Behind, oh, such a great piece, um, to the Mass Effect series and an array of indie offerings such as Sayonara Wild Hearts, Monster Prom, Monster Prom, also great, uh, Always Sometimes Monsters, a fantastic name, and Fragments of Him. Players can join the celebration of inclusi- inclusivity through the Summer of Pride 2020 sale, offering discounts of up to 80% on beloved queer positive games, including 2064 uh, Read Only Memories, Gone Home, and Tacoma. These and other sales will be available via the Chrono.gg storefront once it launches, and the Nintendo Switch eShop from June 20th through 30th, and Steam from June 9th to the 25th. So those dates are a little all over the place, but <laughs> hopefully uh, you can find the games where you want them. Yeah. Awesome. Yay. Be cool. Be, be cool. There's lots of um, people that are doing... Pride-focused and queer-focused gaming events throughout the month of June. So if you want to get involved, it's not hard to find. There's lots of resources out there for you. So hopefully you guys can participate and always shout out to our friends at Don't Nod for the Life is Strange series. We've done so much work with them as a studio here at What's Good Games. And they have some fantastic queer characters in that franchise. If you guys have never played it, I don't know how. I feel like we talk about Life is Strange (laughs) a lot on this show. (laughs) Um, But definitely worth checking out as well. But there was a great little list here of just a a handful of of great games. So um, thank you for reading that, Steimer. And in case you missed it. Another very exciting tweet that I saw. Destiny 2 Year 4 reveal is happening Tuesday, June 9th at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. 
we are going to be getting information from Bungie about the future of Destiny. And there was a little, a little video that went up on Instagram that wasn't supposed to go up on Instagram. Was it an oopsie daisy? An oopsie it daisy. was. Oh. Um, but the idea is that the Drifter is potentially headed to Europa, which Translate. is one of the moons of Jupiter. What's the Drifter? So the Drifter is a character that lives in the tower and he runs a mode called Gambit and Gambit Prime. So the Drifter was involved in one of the seasons of content recently, just to kind of keep a high level for you, but not <laughs> It goes, it goes deep, Brit. It goes <laughs> yeah. real deep. In the Destiny weeds, um, he currently is like playing two sides of the coin, and you don't know if he's a good guy. You don't know if he's a bad guy. And one of the um, pieces of DLC in Destiny Two kind of chose you to pick a side if you thought he's good or thought he was bad. And we're thinking as a community that that choice is going to come to fruition potentially in this next piece of DLC. Oh. And I'm just going to kind of leave it at that before I go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> and inevitably, uh, Renjamin or Solid Snake Ocelot reaches out to me and are like, yeah, Andrea, you screwed that up. Actually, this is <laughs> what happened. Actually. Yeah. But they have to push actually. up their glasses when they say yeah. it. I mean, like, actually, Andrea, let me talk to you about the lore. Um, <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm very excited about what's happening next. And I'm looking forward to the reveal and if Ree wasn't working, I would be like, let's stream it together. Girl, <laughs> I will stream it with you. I won't know what's happening. You I don't know if you do even that. want me there. But Just I will ask, smile. Ask all the questions, Brent. And I will of nod. Of course I want you there. I, I will She'll smile be like, and I will the moon? nod. Well, part of me is worried that they're just going to do a short teaser and then we'll go live and stream and then it'll be hmm. quick and then it'll be over. But what if they don't? What if it's like a long, like 30 minute thing? I don't know. Well, maybe I'll reach out to Bungie and see if they'll give me any info. Like, they probably won't. Like, they'll is be it like, worth, oh, well, just be like, funny. yeah, is it worth co-streaming? They'll be like, ha, ha, ha. we will not comment at this time. Well, <laughs> of course it is. I, I, yeah. Simon and I were with you when there is some Destiny thing going on and I think that was a much longer event. But what I will say is your reactions are very uh, entertaining. Especially when they're a little <laughs> spicy. Mm-hmm. So even if you are thoroughly disappointed, I feel like it would be hashtag It'd be worth still ha- it. Yes. <laughs> still be good content. Because even if the worst case scenario is they show a five minute teaser and you can bitch about it, the yep. fact that they only showed a five minute teaser for another 30 minutes. Yes, Simon, you, you get it. You get it. That's true. Okay. <laughs> um, I will contemplate and keep an eye on our Twitter feed and my Twitter feed, and I'll let you know. I'll, I'll confirm on the Monday show if I'll be doing a live watch-along. Um, speaking of watch-alongs, the Cyberpunk 2077 Nightwire event has been delayed. CD Projekt Red made a statement this week saying, We decided to move Nightwire, Night City Wire to June 25th. We still look forward to sharing new information about Cyberpunk 2077, but more important discussions are happening right now, and we want them to be heard. We wholeheartedly stand against racism, intolerance, and violence. Black Lives Matter. So glad to hear from CD Projekt Red and LOL, the people that were like upset that this got delayed, like, oh, no, let it go. The, go. Yeah, the PlayStation event yeah. also got delayed, but they didn't pick a date for it. Right. Yes, that is correct. So that happened on Tuesday that they delayed it. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. yeah. it was supposed to be this Wednesday. Obviously, we talked about it on the show last week that this was rumored to be happening this week. It was going to. It is not now. It will be TBD at some point in the future. But yeah, like. It's who cares? Yeah. I mean, 
<laughs> yeah. There are, other, there are other things to worry about, I think. Indeed, there are more important conversations. And another show that has also been delayed, the PC Gaming Show and the Future Gaming Show have been moved to Saturday, June 13th. That was supposed to be happening this weekend, and now they are going to be happening the following weekend. So uh, just to get you caught up, as far as I'm aware, the Gorilla Collective is still happening on Saturday. Yeah. Correct? Yes. You got it. It sounds like now it's just going to be about a two-hour show. So far, you have cool. the Gorilla Collective, and then you have Paradox Interactive, which was supposed to be followed by the PC gaming show. So looks like it'll probably be for like from 12, 10 to like 12.30 or something, is my guess. Okay, so we'll have a, a shorter day of watch along. Yeah, yeah. 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 Hopefully you guys will join us at twitch.tv slash what's good games because in case you missed it, they're doing a really cool pride emote um, initiative where if you guys gift a sub, if you cheer with bits or you give out community subs, I believe there are a whole collection of pride emotes that you get. Ooh. And for every, let me actually get the language on this. Correct. Let me pull it up. Cause for every, Gifted sub, every certain amount of bits cheered. They are donating money to the Trevor Project up to $300,000. And so they're incentivizing people to do this because not only do you get an emote, but somebody in the community also randomly gets an emote gifted to them as well. Oh, cool. Into it. Yeah, we like sharing. Yeah, I have all of the – actually, I have all of the details on our Twitch channel because if you just do – the command. Oh, talk to the bot. Uh, yeah. Talk to the bot. See what he has to say. <laughs> Mr. Bot. Dear Mr. Bot. Info. What is this? Starting June 1st, earn pride-themed emotes by subscribing, gifting a sub, or cheering at least 300 bits. Bonus, the entire WGG community gets one, too. Plus, Twitch will donate 10 cents to the Trevor Project for every paid sub, gifted sub, or cheer of 300 bits or more. And if you go to our page at twitch.tv slash games, I have the graphic of all of the different emotes that you can get. So collect them all. There's, I think, 25. Oh. Yes. Oh, more than, yeah, more than 25. It looks like 30. It's a five by five grid. Is it math? Five, 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 twenty-five. I just tuned out. Start talking numbers. Too, too many. I'm like maths. it's five and five. <laughs> Zimmer is better at math than me. No, I'm notoriously bad. Not math. correct. Um, I just was like grid things. Like yeah, it's visual. I didn't mean to get waylaid, but it's a really cool thing that they're doing for Pride, and the the emotes are cute. So if you are interested, of course, you know, join us. Okay, and lastly, Brittany. Oh, actually, you guys can talk about that Xbox thing. Do you want to talk about Xbox thing first, or do you want to talk about P first? Can we save P for? Can we save the P for last? Yeah, <laughs> yes. okay, yeah. Save okay. the P for last. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you have the details, Britt, about the Xbox dashboard link? Or you want me to pull it up? Uh, I don't have it up right now. Rihanna, do you up. have it? No, you no, can't she, talk. You about can't it. talk about yeah. it. Um, she can't talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here so, we go. On the internet, that's all I got. I don't. We we closed that tab because. Oh uh, yeah, I closed so that gooses. tab too, and here we are. This is what's happening. You know, it's just a. Thing. Okay, so here. here's what happened, everybody. Let me break it down for you. Okay, there I, was I, a leak. Surprise. Another surprise, week surprise. happened. An oopsie daisy happened. An oopsie, oopsie daisy. daisies <laughs> of the new dashboard coming to Xbox. One Series X. So the redesign leaked ahead of a UI update, according to Metro. Oh, wait, or is this for, wait, 
sorry is this for xbox one or is this for supposed to be for series x i think this is just for xbox one x and it's, xbox yeah the xbox one, one is getting a new dashboard ah, i was confused got it that makes more sense but the, yes. the intrigue comes from is this what the x is gonna look like the series x Ooh, i'm gonna go with no i would go with no too yeah, i don't same. think i don't think that they would launch the same dashboard i think they want it to look shiny and new and different hashtag bring back the blades bring back <laughs> the, the blades <laughs> bring back the blades the blades Never are fire they were. Yeah. Well, speaking of the blades, uh, this Metro story has a little bit of details. Um, every video game company has its own specialties as well as things it's never been very good at. And for Microsoft, the two most obvious ones are naming its consoles and creating their user interface. The latter is surprising because the Xbox 360 blade system was always very popular, whereas the Xbox One dashboard has been a nightmare from day one, Can't despite confirm. multiple updates that have, if anything, only gotten worse over time. Metro does not like the Xbox dashboard. <laughs> Microsofts are giving it another roll the dice though now we know that the new xbox store will look like thanks to a series of leaks from at win community and the video above from a thorot's brad sam so that thorot video he essentially goes through and shows you what the new dashboard is going to look like the interface is part of a wider dashboard update that will match up with microsoft's new fluent design concept that it's using across multiple devices and operating systems the simpler design keeps the store navigation on the left hand side while making sure to highlight whether the game is free to play on game pass or not i think that that is important because you don't want people accidentally going and buying something something that they can get for free um or i mean maybe it's a way quote to unquote for free it's not really yeah. free well i mean like they shouldn't but be paying yes. extra money Correct. for if they're already paying yeah, for yeah, game yeah. pass right yes um it's assumed that the store update will come as part of the general dashboard refresh code named mercury but it's still unclear when that will arrive <laughs> that's funny uh, given how late in the generation this is happening there seems to be a good chance that the same design or something very similar to it will be used for the xbox series x considering how important the backwards compatibility is to microsoft it doesn't seem to make sense that the new console would have a radically different dashboard or store interface. we disagree but why with not? you metro <laughs> yeah, but mean, why not uh yeah i don't i mean yeah. I like that they codenamed it Mercury, though. That makes me happy. I think it's funny. Why? Because uh, Mercury is like a liquid and it's fluid. Yeah. Meaning you can change. <gasps> oh, I was just thinking of the, not the planet. Pl- I'm not thinking of the planet. No, thinking sorry. Of, like, I'm thinking the, of the... You're thinking of the, the uh, element. The element I was thinking of Mercury the god, actually. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's also a thing, but that's past. <laughs> I like it. Mercury and element. I'm yeah. not sure what the proper term is yeah it is it is a chemical element the symbol is hg and the atomic number is 80 i think mercury is really pretty that's all the element itself it's fascinating it's beautiful it's dangerous but pretty deadly but pretty just like all of us (laughs) exactly there we go Uh, now let's talk about p yeah let's talk about p (laughs) all right so this is a story from (laughs) games radar So it starts with this. The Sims 4 just got a brand new update, an expansion pack that's all about going green. But more importantly, Sims are peeing fire now. The terrifying bug was introduced with a sizable new patch preceding the Eco Lifestyle DLC available now. It's not uncommon for updates to arrive hiding some dysfunction, but this might just take the cake. Among reports of crashes and missing houses, some players have been finding flames licking out of their Sims toilet bowls. So I will send y'all, I'll put this link into our doc so yes, you can look. please, please. Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, just, uh, you know, they're peeing. The, the, the stream looks nice and clear. And then flames are just kind of erupting from the bowls. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> It, uh, I don't, the pee itself was not on fire. No, no, no. So, like, I feel like this is like every man's dream to pee on a trash fire. 
to pee and like just like have yeah, flames yeah, yeah. come up. It's like the pee itself is like mercury. <laughs> it's beautiful but deadly. By itself, just looking at it doesn't cause any issues. But as soon as it touches something, or I don't know what the fuck mercury There's is. There's a I'm chemical gonna, reaction. I'm talking out my ass here. All I'm saying is the pee looks fine itself. It's not like they're literally pissing flames. Yeah, but it's a good looking yeah. pee. Yeah, they yeah, pee and then the flames just, are coming it out. It causes of combustion with something in the toilet. Yeah. Which creates a flame which would be fucking which, awesome i would be squatting all over the place let's be real <laughs> no what it would light your it would light your chocha on fire yeah you you don't want a fiery coochie it's not good no here. i wouldn't i would i would be angled i would be angled correctly so oh, okay you're trying to you're trying to i don't know what you're trying to do besides light yourself on fire but listen you know what you know. sacrifices must be made and if all i'm saying ladies is if we are stranded and we're in like some dire straits and we're in the middle of the woods and we don't have a fucking campfire i'm not going to care about my Kocha or whatever the fuck Andrea just called it catching on fire. I will pee on those logs. Wait. And I will give us heat. <laughs> You're not wrong. I feel like it's, it's, there's a difference between doing that to start a fire on a log and starting a fire in a toilet that you're sitting on. Oh, yeah. No, because the that. toilet you're sitting on is like very directly going to come up. Yeah. But if you like, it's going to burn your bush. Stand squat over the fire and like. Yeah, I, I mean, can stand. Right. I can just stand over and hope my aim is bit, true. But... I don't know. <laughs> if, uh, my aim is true. Oh, God. Yes. Woo. You Cheers. have my bow. Cheers to that. Cheers to I the burning deal. bush. Oh, my God. Oh, <gasps> yeah, yeah, that's a whole new term, burning bush. So wow. Three re- coming in over the top. <laughs> Nicely done. I'm proud of you. Oh, man. Oh, God. Okay. <clears throat> so the Sims also had an oopsie daisy. Burning bush. Hashtag. I mean, of oopsie daisies. <laughs> Indeed. There are a lot of oopsie daisies in the world. Indeed. Ooh. And on that note, that is going to do it for our news segment. Ladies, this is normally where we would go to a break, but no, there is no breaks this week. We're going straight into what have you been playing? Oh, yeah. Great, and- I'll go first. I can't talk about it yet. We'll talk about it next week. Hey. hey. Somebody else is up. up, Simer. Yeah, so Steimer has already confirmed that she, yes, indeed, is playing The Last of Us Part 2. Thank you, PlayStation, for sending that copy over. But no, she cannot talk about it yet because for some reason they gave it so early. (laughs) It's been helpful for me because I've been moving through this. So Mm. it's given me plenty of time, which is nice. Thank you. I appreciate it. Good. Um, I'm glad that you're having a great time. None of us are all incredibly jealous. No, not at all. I didn't say I had a great time at all. (laughs) I said no impressions yet. I have just said that I have the game. That is all I have said. That is correct. That is all she said. She confirmed that she has the game. Um, Okay. So um, I, as you guys know, have just been playing more Animal Crossing. So I was excited to um, chat with Brian Altano. He came by my island. We recorded my little tour. They're going to be airing that soon. Once I know exactly when, I will be sure to relay it. But I'm really happy with how my island is coming along. I'm feeling very proud of it. And as we mentioned earlier, it's been a really nice way to like just chill for a while. So I don't really need to reiterate everything. It's now summer. So there's some new bugs to catch. There's some new designs to buy. But it's not like a radically different game or anything. So uh, I will kick it over to you two. Three, you want to go? Yeah. Uh <laughs> As usual, I'm going to talk about Apex. Yeah, girl. Yeah, <laughs> girl. I, I've been playing Apex nonstop. It's a constant in my life. 
And uh, in addition to finally getting into some duos, and I really appreciate that they're switching between uh, the two maps, like, periodically. Like, there's a countdown timer, and you can see when it's going to go from uh, World's Edge to King's Canyon, which is pretty cool. Um, I've been playing this new Broken Ghosts quest thing that they introduced for Season 5, so I'll just I'll read a piece about it because it'll be much more uh, straightforward than what I would try to do off the cuff. So uh, Season 5 introduces our first quest to Apex Legends, a season-long search to find nine pieces of a mysterious artifact. Collect daily treasure packs in competitive matches of Apex Legends, maximum one per day, and unlock rewards and new hunts for the missing pieces. You go on weekly hunts into King's Canyon at night to retrieve pieces of the artifact and brave the danger solos or with your squad. Wait, brave the dangers solo or with your squad and make it back alive. Uh, while you can always join in on hunts, you'll only get the rewards if you've unlocked the mission yourself. So I'll pause there. Basically what it is is uh, like a rush mode where you and a friend or two friends or just, you know, go in willy-nilly, uh, you run through different parts of the map and you have waves of these like new enemies. They look sort of like Revenant style where they, they came from another dimension and they, they pop really quickly. So it's it feels like you're fighting a bunch of ghost dogs, which is kind of cool. And then you get to this like little space and then you have to like hold this point and fight off more ghost dogs and then you have to like escape to the chapa. And it's like it's really randomly fun <laughs> I because to the tapa. <laughs> yeah, like it, it breaks up the the normal pace of Apex, which you know, as a lot of people know, it's a battle royale game, and it's it takes the PvP element away from it. But it's sort of a nice play on the the typical horde mode that you might see in one of these games. So I've been playing that, and the the quest rewards come pretty regularly. If you don't find a treasure pack on any given day, you can spend your in game currency to purchase one every day. So that's an option for you. If you don't feel like going into a match and playing just for the RNG of finding a treasure pack, you can buy one with your in-game currency. And usually by now, you, you'll have plenty of currency stored up. And uh, yeah, it's been really fun. I like it. I don't so, yeah. understand cool. the thing you just said, baby girl. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're happy. Just go, thwink! <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, well, like deep, no, deep no, apex nerd him. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's not, not you. It's, yeah, it's, it's not you. She doesn't have a frame of reference, so Yeah, it's hard. and yeah. you definitely don't have to be sorry. I have talked to Rhi about how it's time for me to spend some time in Apex, so we're going to plan a stream where Rhi teaches me the the basics the apex basics because i like i've played like so little of this game <laughs> so i think I i'm so ready excited. Uh, yeah this is gonna be good <laughs> it's fun you'll get hooked we told you you would love a uh animal crossing and it's look true. what happened that's true Just that's saying. true but battle royale and me mm, but this i decorate like, my house in apex you can decorate your character have you seen the loba skins we talked about this yeah, we oh, talked girl, about we that. We talked before, about yeah. it last week. Yeah. Also, oh, today is the last day for oh, when the podcast airs, it will be over. But you should log on tonight. Um, Twitch Prime has Loba loot as oh. part of the Ooh. Apex loot. Okay. So if you have Amazon Prime, you get Twitch Prime loot, which you also get a free sub if you wanted to give to What's Good Games. Um, but yes, they also do game loot, and the loot for Apex this month is a Loba skin, I oh, think, or an nice. emote or something. Ooh, yes. She's cool. Yeah. Uh, she's... Uh. Yes. Um, okay, cool. I'm glad that you're still kicking around in Apex, having a good time in all of the new content, and uh, we'll definitely check in and, and be streaming that at some point in the future. Uh, Brittany... 
you have been playing some FMV. I remember when this game came out, mm-hmm. um, and it looked interesting, but uh, tell us, how has it been with Telling Lies? Yes. Okay. So I, spoiler, played about five hours of it, and then I got impatient, and then I went on Wikipedia. But <laughs> oh. Wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Hmm. So, hold the phone, hold the phone. Are you saying that you didn't actually play through the entire thing, that you stopped playing, that you read a summary of what happens on Wikipedia? Is that yeah. Am I understanding that correctly? You, so you, you did the Notes version. Yeah. So, okay, this is... Here, here's a scoop. So, like I was saying earlier, games right now just just really aren't hooking me. And I think it's just obviously everything going on. So I was looking for something a little different. It's like, okay, I either play Ocarina of Time for the 50th time, 100th time, I don't know. Or I try something different. So I looked at Telling Lies. And for some reason, that just sounded like something different enough that I was my interest was piqued. So I grabbed my trooper husband, Jason. I'm like, we're going to do this. He was like, all right. So for those of you who don't know, Telling Lies it re- released originally in 2019 on PC, and it just now came to, well, last month it came to console, um, Xbox, Switch, and PlayStation. It is developed by Sam Barlow and Furious B. So Sam is the writer and designer of Her Story and Silent Hill Origins and Silent Hill Shattered Memories, which I did not know, which is kind of funny, and published by Annapurna. So the official description of Telling Lies Telling Lies sits you in front of an anonymous laptop loaded with a stolen NSA database full of footage. The footage covers two years in the intimate lives of four people whose stories are linked together by a shocking incident. Explore the database by typing search terms, watch the clips where the words are spoken, and piece together your story. So this game takes about 7 to 15 hours to complete. I was looking on how long to be in some other threads because I was curious because after about five hours I was like, And... So here, okay. So there's 169 clips in this game, nice, and they range from like two to eight minutes a piece. So there's like a lot of them, and for the most part, they're either like two minutes or eight minutes. And the idea is two to eight minutes. Sorry, and the idea is that you search for certain terms. So the game starts, and you are essentially looking at um, a desktop, like the a literal screen, and you can see the reflection of a woman who is supposedly you, right? And then a database shows up, and you can search for search terms. So if you search for love, for example, it's going to show five videos that mention the word love in them, five out of the 169. And what you do is you find a video, you watch it, and then from that, it's, they're one-sided conversations for the most part. So it's usually one of these four people talking to someone else. So what you do is you watch that clip. And then from that, you grab a keyword that you think will help you find the next, the, find the clip that corresponds to it. Like, who is this person talking to? So let's say it's um, a clip of, let's say we find a clip of Steimer. And in it, she says, oh. I love colon. So then what I would do is a big, okay, within this five-minute conversation, Steimer once mentioned I love colon. I bet if I search for colon in the database, I'm going to get that corresponding video because that person mm, gotcha. yes right so you search for colon in that database and then it would you be find me. me you'd find well you'd find me Just responding kidding. to you being like yeah, yeah colon's yeah. really hot and so is alistair <laughs> blah 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 right and yeah. so then then what you do is you you can kind of piece together that conversation 
And so the way Jason and I played it is he was handling the game and I had my laptop on the side and I was like typing up all these like notes and trying to figure out who's who and what's you had what. had detective hat on. Yeah. And I mean, in that sense, it was really fun. It was kind of a fun, like cooperative effort. And it was fun to figure out what's going on in the story and who's who and like what the twists and the turns are. And let me just say, all these clips are very, very, very well acted. Like these actors are very, very talented and they're really good at what they do. But the part that got a little too repetitive, maybe not repetitive is the word, monotonous perhaps, I don't know. It's just, it got too much where it's like, okay, we watched one clip and we watched the other clip. This took about 15 minutes to watch these two clips. Now, where do we go from here? Because we didn't get anything super concrete from that conversation. So I guess now we just throw out a random word and we search for that, search for that and see what happens. And then you kind of do like piece together story elements but I think just for me, it was just like a little too much. And there's this dumb feature that you can't rewind the video. So like, let's say, going back to the Steimer example, I search for colon. And then five minutes into our conversation, I mentioned colon. And that's how the video grabbed it. Well, then you have to stop and manually rewind to get to the beginning of the video. And now granted, as you're rewinding, you are seeing subtitles on the bottom. And that's where they pull the keywords from. But you still have to rewind manually to get to the very beginning. Now, granted, it's not like a second for second. It's like, okay, five seconds here, five seconds here. But there's not like an immediate start from beginning, which gets a little tedious. Anyway. Um, it sounds like a lot of work. It, yeah. It sounds it kinda, like a job. It, <laughs> it got to be a job. And that's why I eventually went to the Wikipedia page. And what I will say is about after five hours, you get this little hint that maybe your time with the game is coming to a close. And what happens is you get an ending depending on, uh, I believe, the most clips that you saw from one of the characters. Um, I understand that after that happens, you can continue to play the game to watch all of the clips and piece together all the info. But even after five or so hours, I was reading the Wikipedia page and oh boy, like I did not even start scratching the surface of like the twists and the turns because I was trying to figure out everything from a chronological order. Anyhow, for me, Wait, it so got to be a little too much Did something happen you're trying to figure out? Like, I guess yes. I'm missing the, the, the what here. You know, you're, you're right. I didn't, I purposely didn't mention the plot because oh, is it a... that's the whole okay. thing. Yeah, but yeah, it, but it doesn't tell you absolutely. The beginning anything. doesn't tell you. You just come in and you're like, "There's just a bunch of clips here, and I guess I'll look at them." Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. That's so. That's why I haven't said anything because I think that's how it's meant to be. Fair played. enough. I did. I, I assumed it would be like you're trying to do this. Go yeah. find it, and you're like, okay, and like, but it sounds like it does <laughs> not mean, set you on any sort of There are little like. There's some memos on the desktop. There's solitaire on the desktop that you can mess around oh, with. Oh, what if you like, just played solitaire for like five I, hours? I mean, we admittedly played like five games of solitaire before we actually started the game. But hey. <laughs> well, he, so Barlow, Sam Barlow, the creator, says that it's a desktop thriller much like her story was, yeah. where the player becomes involved in a drama that is played out through stored video clips and other information. Um, let's see. It says... So I don't know if the, her story... I didn't play it, so I don't know if that was just one person or if there are multiple people involved in that one as well but it says yeah the only kind of thing here it says that it covers a two-year period uh, which have been stored on a stolen hard drive taken from the national security agency the nsa mm-hmm. and the player has the ability to search hundreds as you said 169 nice nice um segments and i guess like you're supposed to figure out like is there like a thing you're supposed to be solving Yes. I mean, this. I say it like that because you don't quite know what you're doing or why you're doing it. And my understanding is that you don't 
fully it's essentially just telling a story right yeah i don't know understand why you're why you need to figure out the story i'm sure that's explained but um it's more or less like okay you follow these characters and then you see how they all come together and i think it's just the telling of a story is the point of this game yeah i mean obviously we don't want to spoil anything but i think like the high level plot you would read like on the back of the box is um, in 2019, Karen Douglas, a former FBI agent, goes back to her apartment to turn on her computer and access the content of an external USB drive. She then watches videos by searching keywords. Yeah. And so it's like clearly we're working with, you know, clandestine, you know, agencies, spy stuff, spy secret stuff. government stuff. Yeah. Um, and something happens within that whole kind of realm. So. Yeah. Okay, so... Overall, it sounds like you were like, meh, about the whole thing? I enjoyed the time I spent with it. I would have preferred if it was much shorter. But, you know, it just wasn't something that Maybe was... Maybe just 69 clips instead 69, of 169. Yes, 69 instead of 169. I think we played maybe like five or so hours of it. I don't know how many clips that actually is. Or it probably wasn't even the full five hours. But either way, yeah, I mean... I want to talk about it because I think it's something different. I think it's cool. I think it's, you know, different things should be uh, applauded because, hey, you're trying something, you know, innovative. But it just wasn't entirely for me. But I will say this is a good family. Well, there are some mature themes in it. One of the characters is a sex worker, which, like, you don't see anything. And that's not super spoiling anything. So don't worry. Don't get mad at me. But that's not uh, – she never does anything super, like, raunchy or whatever. And there's swearing and there's violence. But it's – whatever. Yeah. But it, it, Whatever, let's your ten year old play. I was watching that <laughs> shit when I was that's ten. The Look Britney how I stamp of out. approval for children. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. All right, cool. So ringing endorsement, excellent. Um, <laughs> I've had notes. So this has been a very interesting show. It has gone places, to say the very least. <laughs> Put it up your now, butt. Now, normal. <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to mention that again, but since she did, <laughs> we yes, talked about we butts and pee. pee. Like it was eventful. And oopsie daisies, yeah. <laughs> going places. Uh, but most importantly, we talked about the events of this week and what you can do to be better and to help people in your communities. Uh, just as a reminder, there's links in the description below. If you're listening on podcast, you know, you can check the show notes there or you can check it out on YouTube. Please do use those resources. They will help you be a better person. And because we did have that incredible discussion at the top of the show, we are going to move our Patreon produced segment about game IPs until next week. And so thank you for your patience patrons. And of course, thank you for your support and just so you guys are aware, you may have gotten a message from Patreon about a new tax. I don't want to call it a bill because <laughs> it's, I mean, technically it's a bill, but there's a new law that requires Patreon to charge taxes for specific tiers. We have more details about that on the Patreon page. Hopefully most of you are not affected. And if you are, it's not that much more in your pledge. If you have questions about it, of course, we are always here to answer those questions. You can reach out to us directly through Patreon if you would prefer, or of course, contact at wascogames.com. Com. And on that note, we are going to say goodbye. We will see you on Saturday for the Gorilla Co- Collective stream along. And then, of course, we'll be back on Monday for What's Good Games Live at 11 a.m. Pacific time. And we hope that you guys play some video games and get educated this weekend. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.